Ladies and gentlemen, we are back for another Pie to Pie. I'm your host. I'm sitting here at Hot Tongue Pizza. Today, we're going mobile. Well, actually, we didn't go mobile. Thomas from Fire and Wood Catering came and sat down and we had a great conversation here at Hot Tongue. We talked about his catering company that he has built literally with his bare hands, putting the truck together himself, putting the oven on top of it. We talk about how you grow a catering business from zero, which is not easy when you don't have a brick and mortar. What's the secret sauce Thomas shares? We talk about how Thomas creates special moments for his catering events unlike any other. We talk about garlic knot sliders. Are you kidding me? We talk about the growth of his brand and his humble beginnings living in New York, living in Florida, going back to New York, winding up in downtown LA where he was working at a wood-fired pizzeria there. Uh, We talk about how resourceful you have to be as a mobile operation as we explore a story about forgetting cheese for a 200-person catering event in the middle of the desert, Joshua Tree. In this business, you gotta think on your feet, and when you're mobile, you have to have all your ducks in a row. We talk about the process and failures you have to go through to make sure you make the changes that are going to affect your business in the right way. Talk about self-reflection and the importance of not having an ego, staying humble, and how awesome the community here is in LA. I don't know if it's that way everywhere, but it feels like there's a lot of people out here applauding one another and being really supportive. It's awesome to see. We talk about making the best damn pie you know how, and Thomas definitely knows how to craft his pizza. He takes catering very seriously, and I think he takes it to the next level, and you can see and hear that in his voice and on his Instagram. This quite possibly was the easiest pod that I have ever recorded because Thomas had so much good stuff to say. I'm pretty sure my word count in this one is 15, which I'm sure a lot of you are really going to enjoy. We had a great conversation. As always, I know you are gonna enjoy it. I agree with him uh, when uh, when he says that Nas might be the greatest MC of all time. So shout out to Nasty Nas. If I ruled the world and everything in it, sky's the limit. I know I can be what I wanna be. If I work hard at it, I'll be where I wanna be. Nasty Nas forever. We out. My Spotify is through the roof because that's it. I just sit there and listen to different shit. And, you know, being in the the mobile business and the mobile food side of things, you spend a lot of time in the car. And it's like, well, what do you do with this time? Because there's some days we travel. We go, I'll go anywhere. You pay me, I'm going. So that puts us in Phoenix, Vegas, San Fran, San Diego, wherever. And I was like, well, what do I do with this eight or 10 hours that we're going to spend in the car? And I can't just sit there and stare out the fucking windshield. Like time's too valuable and I'm learning the more we grow, the more I need my time. I just need my fucking time. So, well, how do I optimize and how do I utilize that some more? Podcasts and Spotify. And it's not just music. Music is good to like decompress and chill. But at some point I got to use that time for good. And I want to do different things with food and pizza and what we're doing. I love what we do. I love our food. I think our product is outstanding, but it's got to evolve. It's got to change. I can't just make these round, round pizzas for the rest of my life. It's good, but I got to learn more. And the more pizza I really make in California, I've been in pizza for my whole life. 
But the more I make it here, the more I realize you could really just do anything with grains and flowers and the stuff that we have at our fingertips in LA versus the limited shit that they give you in New York that they tell you is fresh. Like, dude, it's not fresh. It's been on a truck for a week. And the flowers that you can get, well, New York pizza is New York pizza because of what you can get in New York for the longest time. General Mills owned the East Coast. So then you come out here and you, you find stuff that you couldn't get there. The flour I use now, I can't, you just can't get in New York. You know, so stuff like that changes. What kind of flour you use? I use uh, Justos, uh, Justos bread flour. Uh, again, it's what I was using when I started wood-fired pizza. So I started wood-fired pizza when I got to LA. I never touched a piece of wood until I got here. I did coal fired, I did deck oven. I get my enjoyment out of cooking for other people. I cook for myself, dude, it's dog shit. The yeah. food is so bad. I could go like make a sandwich or I'll throw something in the oven or whatever. And I'll come back to my family like lunch and I rarely like sit and eat like a real meal in the middle of the day because life's too hectic. It's always terrible. I yeah. can't cook for myself because that's when I realized that when I do get in the kitchen, I do throw down or I have all these different ingredients. It's because I want to not impress someone, but I want them to be wowed. I want them to be like, holy shit, dude, this is fucking good. When I cook for myself, I'm not gonna, I could tell myself, but I'm not gonna, because it's usually pretty bad. So the enjoyment came from cooking for other people. And then when I get home, like I said, you got to cook, clean, go get it. It's this whole thing. And you're not, it's not like back in the day where eating out was frowned upon because it was so much more than making shepherd's pie or like soup. Like I look at the things that my parents made for us when we were broke. We lived in New York, it was cold. You didn't want to go out. You couldn't go out to eat, it was too much money. There was a time in New York where things were really expensive and people just weren't making a shit ton of money. And my dad, my mom can't cook anything. My mom can't fucking cook anything, but my dad would make soup or shepherd's pie or like he would make a giant pot of marinara and freeze it. And we just eat fucking pasta and sauce for endless days, which is fine, we're Italian, it's cool because it was so much cheaper. But now if you go to the store, you buy the ingredients to make sauce, you buy the pasta, you buy any protein, chicken, veggies, whatever. Yeah. Put that all together, go home. Even if you freeze a little bit or have some for leftovers, it was the same price if you went out. Who are we fucking kidding? Yeah. It's the same thing, you know? So that's, that's a, a place where I don't know if we've been before. And I don't know if people realize we're there yet. So that on the flip side is good for us because I think eventually when people realize that the grocery stores are the same money, they're gonna order out more. They're gonna, they're gonna get more food. They're gonna go back to that convenience thing. I think, back to the COVID thing, I think people are gonna go back eventually five days. At this rate, it's gonna take forever. But eventually they'll be back. And when they're back, they're gonna be fucked because they're gonna be so used to this life that they've been living with all this time. And now they're back to their long commutes, sitting in traffic. We live in LA, they're gonna just be back to that life. Yeah. And at that point, maybe food will be the same price as it is right now, equivalently. And people are just gonna start ordering out and getting more food and coming to you more for lunch deliveries and dinner deliveries and coming for people to me more for those parties and stuff that they don't wanna cook for because what's the point? If you're gonna invite 30 or 50 people over to do it yourself, it's the same price to hire me. People look at my price and they're like, fuck, what's wrong with you? That's how much you charge for food? And then when you break it down, they're like, oh yeah, okay, that kinda makes sense. Yeah. You know? And I think that's gonna to start to happen more. What you said off camera, if you could repeat uh, kind of like what people's work days are like now and yeah. like the the getting out of town and stuff and how maybe that's affected restaurants. I think, look, I th restaurant closures are no like, ever, even if you're not in the restaurant business, you know that name brand restaurants all over LA are closing. 
And there's a million reasons, you know, the cost of rent, the cost of this, the cost of that. I think this hybrid work schedule, and everyone has their own opinion on it, but I think this hybrid work schedule of not being in office five days has this trickle effect down to a lot of people, mainly restaurants, mainly spots like Hot Tongue, spots like I used to run where we thrived on lunch, we thrived on the phone ring, we thrived on people walking in the door. COVID, well, it made DoorDash, Uber Eats, Grubhub, fucking gods, like, I know, People in my own life, my sister will not call someone for food. She will go on that. I'm like, it's more, it's cold, and it's never going to show up. She's like, I just don't want to talk to someone. What? Convenience. You yeah. fucking can't talk to a stranger for 13 seconds. Be like, hey, can I get a large cheese? <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Cool. And then I find myself doing it, but near, not nearly as much. And it's not because I'm afraid of human interaction. It's just because sometimes I can't get restaurants. They do farther, whatever. What do we all order DoorDash? Who are we kidding? But at the same time, we're thriving off that, right? And then... With this hybrid work schedule, you know, you have people that are working from home on Mondays and Fridays, are only going into the office Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So all these big companies or any company are doing is enabling them to elongate their weekend. They're, they're giving them the idea of, well, if I'm gonna work from home on Friday, I'm gonna work from home on Monday, I can work anywhere. I don't have to go into the office, I don't have to put my fancy clothes on, I don't have to brush my teeth, I don't have to buy food, I don't have to do shit. I'm just gonna go pop up my fucking Zoom, and hey, I'm here, you know, and they're at work. So because of that, they could work from anywhere. They could work from Big Bear, Arrowhead, Palm Springs. And you're removing, by doing that, you're removing these people out of LA. You're removing them from big cities here, right? And taking them there, which is great for those small businesses. I know small, I know pizzerias that are in Arrowhead and Palm Springs that were on the verge of collapsing and going out of business. And now they're thriving because all of LA is traveling there because it's like vacation slash work slash break from their kids slash whatever the hell they want to call it. Mm -hmm. And they go out there and they do this shit and it's great and they're supporting those businesses, but to be selfish for a minute, well, what happens to us, right? We're in LA paying higher tax. We're paying all this licensing shit, all these fees to do business here because we've agreed that it's the juice is worth the squeeze. We're going to be in LA. We're going to get all these people. We're going to have the crazy lunch. I'm going to do 20 or 30 events a month in LA. No problem. Life is good. Well, now you're taking those people out. We're still here waiting for the door to open, waiting for my email to pop off and be like, hey, here's an event, here's an inquiry, let's go, because people are now traveling. You know, I've done what I've done for a really long time and I've done it for six years, this mobile food thing. And back in the day, pre-COVID, all of my business was in LA. I only worked in LA. I would leave from time to time if the job came up. Now, post-COVID, I do about 20% of my work here in LA, like where it's a 20 minute drive from our kitchen. So that changed for a bunch of reasons. And I'd love to say it's because people discovered Google during COVID and learned how to Google like, oh, well, what's in a two hour drive? Who's breaking the mask rules? Who voted for Trump? Who did this? Who did that? And found themselves in places that no one knew existed. And it was great. They, 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 politics brought people together to small towns. Mm -hmm. they, they left here to try to avoid something that they weren't avoiding. There was COVID everywhere. What are you guys getting? You're not going to go to like Big Bear and not have COVID. There's just less people. There's still COVID. So it let them know these areas were there and now they're doing events in these areas. They bought houses in those areas, you know, back to the hybrid work schedule. People literally left their, their house in LA. They sold it or rented it or whatever people in LA do with a bunch of money and they, they kept them or whatever. And they bought a house in Big Bear or they bought a house in Palm Springs. They're like, I'm just going to live here for the summer. We'll work here. We're, you know, my husband and my wife, we're all remote. The kids can spend the summer out here and they spend three months out there. So now they're doing more events out there. Now they have a house or they know someone with a house. So a lot of our work 
has gone from being in LA to outside. We went from, I would say I charged travel on maybe 10% of my jobs pre-COVID, and now I charge travel on 80%, 90%, and that's not because our travel rules have changed. We're just traveling. We're just going further. And we try to determine why is that? Is it the marketing that we're doing? Is it the work we're going after? Is it the work that's coming in? Is it the fact that we just don't give a shit and love a good road trip? Mm-hmm. You know, it, it keeps us on our toes to, to drive for four hours and like kind of be all mellow and stuck in traffic and everyone's kind of chill and we pop up to a 250 person wedding. Their energy's all the way up here. We're like, okay guys, we gotta wake the fuck up, get to work. We have 250 people to serve in two hours. We go, yeah, the road trip was great. And then the worst part is we're gonna do all this. We're gonna pack up and we're gonna go right back home. And if it's on a Friday, we're gonna do it again tomorrow. And if it's on a Saturday, we're gonna still do it again tomorrow. And we've probably already done it on Friday. So it's, the road trips added in this, this element of kind of what the fuck for other people. I love road trips. I love to drive. I love being out of the restaurant. I love being in a different place, doing what we do, doing what we love. But to hire people sometimes and be like, yeah, you're gonna, you're gonna come into work at 11 a.m. We're not gonna serve food till 8 p.m. And you're not gonna get home till 2 a.m. Long day. But for a good portion of that day, I'm gonna pay you to sit on your ass. Mm-hmm. Sit in the car on your fucking Game Boy, reading a book, sleeping, looking out the window, whatever, eating, who cares? Yeah. It's still hard to, to tell people that because some people are like, wow, I'm still out of the house for 18 hours or 15 hours. I'm just like, yeah, but you're only working for four. Yeah. You know, and you're getting paid for all that time. And it's tough to explain that to some people. Some people are just like, I'm not down. I want to just, and I get it. It's a long day. It's a long day. And it's a long day whether you're working or not. And like I said, the problem is, is that when we get there, everything else that we talked about in the car, every all the, the chill, the fun, kind of goes out the window momentarily. We kind of just have to forget about all that and put game faces on and perform. You know, I played an instrument when I was a kid and I don't know why I was never good at it. I think I was never good because I just didn't care enough to be good. And I compare that a lot to what we do now in the sense of with anything, you got to just practice, practice. It's like that thousand hour rule. They say you mastered at a thousand hours. Have you? Because I've made pizza for well over a thousand hours. And I, I could tell you firsthand, my pizza is getting exponentially better. Our food is getting exponentially better. And we're two or 3,000 hours in. So you continuously get better. And I never put the time in because I thought it was lame. And I was like, fucking saxophone. Thanks, mom. You couldn't get me a guitar? Yeah. You got me a saxophone with fucking Kenny G? Kenny G's the man, though. Yeah, but you don't know that when you're seven. When you're seven, you get made fun of but for playing the saxophone. But you then you grow up and you realize like, Kenny G's a motherfucking G. Why? <laughs> Why did I put the saxophone? I yeah. could have been Kenny G yeah, with no hair. Exactly. I know the curls yeah. get the girls, but G. come on, the saxophone really gets them. So like, I put down facts. the saxophone. But going back to that, I put down the saxophone, I put it down because I, I was unable to handle the pressure at the fucking school recital or play, whatever it was. And I got on stage and I sat there and, you know, it's a, uh, it has a reed, a wood tip. Mm-hmm. And I broke it. As soon as I sat down, I was like, fuck, this is going to sound like shit the rest of the time. And I couldn't get it done. And I got off stage and I was just like, mom, like, fuck that. Throw that out. Like, I'll go back to playing a sport or reading a book, anything but this. And now I do what I do and I try to explain it to other people, whether it's staff or someone who doesn't know the industry or someone who does know, does know the industry. And it's, it's like you're performing. This is really long buildup. It's hurry up and wait. It's all this getting ready. You sit in the car. And then the second you get there, you got to be on. And 
wedding coordinator. I do a primarily, now we're in the wedding business. How we got there, I don't know. We do a lot of weddings. They're all chaotic, dude. They're fucking crazy. They're all different. Even if they're at a venue we've been to 30 times, they're all different. All the coordinators are, are dude, I should have been a wedding coordinator. You want to talk about the life? Should have been a wedding coordinator. I don't know. I've, because that's a probably a very tough job. It's not because you could totally shit the bed and just blame all the other vendors and it's all good. So it's, it happens a lot where everyone has a different budget for a wedding. And like a lot of things you get what you pay for and it's tough to plan a wedding in 2023, 2024. It's expensive like everything else. So I think we really did really well at weddings and why we're doing so many more weddings because we know it's gonna be chaos when we get there. We know they're gonna be taking pictures. They're gonna be late in the timeline that was emailed to me a week ago was already shit because the sunset's off or the weather changed or we had the tent up at the last minute or whatever the, the variable is that's gonna put a, a wrench into the plan. We've kind of no, learned to get there and just be ready. And it's like performing. You're gonna go on stage, you're gonna perform, you need to wow everybody for two hours and then we're gonna pack up and go. But for those two hours, we have to be perfect. Mm -hmm. And as much as I've, chilled and calmed down and slowed down since I left New York. For those two hours, I find myself right back to where I was because we're caterers in the sense of, yeah, we cater food, but we're catering an experience. Yeah, our food could be really good. It's hot, it's fresh out of the oven, blah, 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 whatever. We have to give an experience, you know, doing these big events, whether it's corporate or it's a studio job or it's a wedding, you're spending a lot of money and it's something that they might only do once in their whole life, right? So if we're going to do a wedding and we're the food at that wedding, that's a lot of pressure, you know? And now we've expanded the business and we, we offer bartending and bar service and valet and DJs and kind of all the other third-party vendors you need to get. So we're more of a one-stop shop. So Wait, if you're planning a wedding. You do that or you facilitate those I facilitate things? it. So some stuff like we you're do not fucking, you're not You're not shelling pizzas and then- No, fucking no, no. <laughs> Sometimes- Sometimes, again, you got to be ready, right? Yeah, so yeah, ideally, yeah. no. Ideally, like if I have a perfect world, I pull up, we set the food up, the bar's already there, we're good, valet's good, I'm making money on everybody. Nice. I farmed it all out, everyone showed up on time, no bullshit, we're good, I just get to make some food. That was what I had in my head when I was like, I'm just going to find all these great local small businesses to partner with Yeah. that I can farm them work, I could advertise idea. it, yeah. and take a cut. Yeah. Right. That's the, that's that's the East Coast way. That's how unions became unions. It's a hustle, baby. Just send it out. And for me, on a consumer side, is why do you you don't want to make ninety phone calls to plan an event? You don't want to call everyone individual. You want to call one fucking guy and be like, hey, here's what I need. Here's the budget. Do it or not, but great. Hopefully you do it well, right? And then it's up to me to now get that done. So I can't have this warehouse filled with food, pizza ovens, chairs, tables, linen, music equipment. I wish. But it's not, it's not most beneficial for me. Yeah. What's most beneficial is I have a valet guy that we use. I have a couple DJs that we use, photographers, floral, anything that might come up. The bar, we supply ourselves, right? So bartenders, I use staffing company that they provide the staff. We provide everything else. We provide the liquor, the mixers, the fruit, the bar, if they need a bar, anything like that. And then everything else I farm out. But I mainly did it, yeah, so I can make money. It's great. It's gonna make, it's gonna put us one step above some other guys that do what we do. But it's also, I wanna be easy. I wanna cultivate and cater that experience that, hey, I call Tom. Tom got it done. <laughs> it was fucking great. It was yeah. one phone call. 
I want to be that guy. I want to be, I want the goal for fire and wood is to not just cater pizza. I don't, as much as I love pizza and I never want to veer away from pizza and that will always be the root of what we do. The goal is to turn it into something bigger, into something that my whole family can live off of. Not like, oh, I can, I can put food in my kid's mouth. I want the dream is to be able to facilitate what my parents couldn't grow. My parents were entrepreneurs and it was tougher back then. They had kids. I don't have kids yet. I don't have a wife. I don't have these things that can, that slow other people down, not in a bad way. Everyone makes life choices. Yeah. My life choice, and I didn't know it when I started this business, was to marry the business. Mm -hmm. That my first thought in the morning is the business. My last thought at night is the business. And everything in between is still the fucking business. Yeah. I didn't know that's how it was going to be. But that's how you make money. It's, you, just have to, you just have to marry it and live it and breathe it, eat it, shit it, all of it. And when I, when I got to that point, it was about well, how do we just do more? And how do I bring my family into this? My sister moved out here. I put a second truck on the road. And it was great. Built this whole truck by myself in our warehouse. I ripped it apart. I painted it. We put an oven on it. We did all this cool shit and built this, this mobile oven. I did it with my bare fucking hands. The same hands that make pizza on weekends. And to me, that was the coolest fucking thing ever. My dad used to build hot rods. And to be able to do that myself was awesome. And I fucking built it. And I'm like, oh, who's going to drive it? Because most of my employees don't drive and shit. I love them. But the ones that do drive are not going to drive yeah. anything that I own. Some yeah. of them haven't fucking destroyed it. Yeah. And they're great. They're great at what they're great at. Not driving. It's not one of their great tasks. So, Especially one of those trucks. Yeah, they're heavy. That's not, that's not a regular car. It's not a regular car. It's... I have more oomph to it because I built it myself, but it's also expensive. It's the root of our business. So if it gets fucked up, you know, we're, we're stocked on the weekends. Thank God we're busy, but we'll do two events on a Friday, two on or two or three on a Saturday and then another one on a Sunday. So if someone fucks that truck up on a Friday, well, what do I do now? Yeah. That, that whole truck is my business. The, the other trailer I have, that's the business. I, I, they're guarded under lock and key because I hear horror stories from Chadwick at two does. Yeah. Uh, Pablito's Pizza, a bunch of guys that I know around LA that have had their shit stolen right from out from under them, right? Yeah. And it's not, yeah, okay, you lost your oven, you're fucked. You probably didn't have enough insurance on it. It's hard to insure them. It's hard to tell an insurance company, hey, this on paper, this truck is worth 10,000, but I have 70,000 into it and it's literally my whole business. They're like, yeah, fuck you. Yeah, we'll give you five. Exactly. So like, so that's that's bad enough, but then it's like, how do you, hey, um, uh, Bob, thanks for, yeah, we're coming, we're not coming. You know, we don't have an oven. Yeah. You know, and we have a bunch of Gosneys and, and that relieves some of the pressure, but it's like, you know, the oven is the oven. So I moved my sister out here and I was like, look, just kind of sick of Florida. Find a job out here. You could work for me and we could kind of do this. I need someone I can trust. She, she has no idea anything about food. She's a mini me, dude. She's like this tall and she packs a fucking punch and takes no bullshit from nobody and is the perfect person to drive the second truck. But it's family and I want to be able to bring more family and I want to have a kid. I want my kid to be involved. I want my wife to be involved. I want everyone to be involved because that was the goal. The goal yeah. was to not just for me to do this. Yeah, I'm the food and I have no culinary training. I didn't go to ICE and I didn't go to this fancy school. I kind of learned what I learned along the way, being a dishwasher and folding fucking pizza boxes and mopping the floor and always wanting to do more because that wasn't enough. And then... The goal, be, it keeps getting bigger and bigger, you know, but at the root of it is the fucking pizza. And it's what brought me into it. 
a million years ago and what keeps me in it. And now I find myself in LA doing it, involved in this community. This, this pizza is so different here. And it's different because we have this community, right? You do this podcast. It's, it's crazy, right? You talk to guys, you have to be like, yeah, fuck you. I got to go light my oven. I got to go mix the dog. I did this, this, and this. I have no time for a fucking podcast. Or guys like David Turkel that runs LOL Caesars. Mm -hmm. And, and Steve Delinsky that does Pizza Fest. All mm -hmm. this stuff that brings us together. Yeah. When I lived in New York, and even when I, the person that I worked with here, when I got to LA, it was always the same model. It was always, oh, you make pizza? Me too. Fuck you. Your pizza's shit. You didn't taste it. You didn't even look at it. How did it what? what? Yeah. And that's how it is in New York. You know, when you work at a pizza place, everyone else is shit. It doesn't matter whether your pizza is good or not. Everyone else is shit. And when I got here, it was the same thing. You know, the guy that I was working with, that was what he instilled in all of us was everyone, all the, everyone's competition. Everyone's trying to make pizza. We own pizza. That's, that's, that's not the case. So now to find myself involved in this community around other people that do what I do. And it's not fuck you. It's not your pizza shit. It's not, it's not any of that. And for a minute, it was like, is this, are these people being like LA fake? Like, they're just trying to do this to see what the fuck I'm doing? Because yeah. I don't really tell people what I do. And then it wasn't. And it, it was just guys like me that do this, that live this, that breathe this, that don't have a lot of time to socialize, that don't have a bunch of time to go to another restaurant, or go to a club or go to a bar, whatever. I found that it was just a bunch of people like me that, that have the same interests, that are really here to support one another, you yeah. know, and it's, it's not about anything else. And it, this takes support. This takes so much more than just determination. You know, it, I feel like it's no one could prepare you to own your own business. You could read a book. I went to college. I got a college degree. My mom was like, go to fucking college, go to college. I went and they taught me some shit. They did not prepare me to own a business. My dad has owned a business since the, before I could breathe. And he taught me a lot what to do, but more what not to do. He's very old fashioned. He's with his hands, no internet, no, Marketing, know this, just fucking do it and it's gonna sell and it's gonna make money. So you learn all these bits and pieces along the way, but when you're really doing it, when you wake up in the morning and no one is there to tell you, hey, this is what you gotta do. And if you don't fucking do it today, no one else is gonna. No one's gonna tell you that. Yeah. No one's gonna tell you that but you. And that was a really hard thing for me to be like, well, as we kind of scaled up and as we kind of grew into what we are now, no one was there to be like, well, here's your to-do list. Not that I needed that. But the structure was nice to have. You lose your structure, you lose, you, you lose it. You're just, some days you're gonna wake up and just be like, fuck, where do I start? Like, yeah. Where is step one today? And some days are really good, all days are good. I love owning my business, all days are good. All day, it's sunny, I get to do what I do under palm trees, man, life is good. Some days aren't as good. And when they're not as good, it's like, okay, where, where do I begin? Like, what's the first fucking problem I tackle today? And, and, some days it's so bad, it's like, well, when's, when's the next ball gonna drop? Like, think, bad things come in three, so when's the rest coming? Yeah. And we had a really rough beginning of the year last year where shit just fucking hit the fan with the weather. The weather yeah. kind of started it. And yeah, it was then terrible. It rained, it killed us. Yeah. You know, we're normally slow this time of year, but dude, fucking last year, like, until late April, we were picking our nose, like, wondering, like, is it gonna come back? Was the first year just really fucking good and that was a fluke and we, What's going on? And then I blew my truck up. And then we had a problem with the oven cracking and it was like, boom, 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 boom. And I was just like, I'm just gonna go work a fucking chase. And 
and like divvy out cash and be a bank teller. And like, there's gotta be a better fucking way than doing this, than waking up and dealing with this kind of shit. And, you know, again, it's back to that support of people in the business here in LA that I talked to that I was just like, what the fuck? My parents, my fiance, other people in my life that were like, look, bad shit's gonna happen. And you hear people say this, but it's like, yeah, fuck you. You're not, it's easy to say, but it's harder to do it. And they're like, oh, well, you know, you only define yourself with how good, you know, how well you deal with the bullshit, how well you deal with the problems. But when you own your own business, there's no one there to be like, you're not handling this the right way. You know, you're letting your emotions or you're letting the bullshit clutter your thoughts. And there's a better way to go about this. There's no one there to be like, to tell you that. You gotta be able to step back and be like, am I going about this clearly? Am I thinking about this the right way? Because if not, then as much as things are, are spiraling, they're just gonna spiral more because then you're just making bad decisions. Then you're just putting small band-aids on big cuts and it's this, this whole fucking thing. And it's, it's good to, I lost the original point, but it's good, to, it's good to have the support. Well, struggle's the name of the game. Struggle's it. And it, it's like, yeah, the struggle defines you. And the struggle doesn't define you for any other fucking reason that if you, if you make it through the really hard struggle, then you made it. It's never gonna not be a struggle. It's never, I, I know guys in New York, I know guys here that have done this through time, through generations, through families. Pizza stands the test of time, right? Like we all know pizza will be around forever. It's generational. It's, you go back to New York and you see an 80 year old gra grandpa still stretching dough. Yeah. Like, Dude, you can't even fucking stand, but you're still here every day. Don't tell me that's not a struggle. Yeah. Don't tell me 60 years ago when he was 20, young and, and strong doing this shit. He still wasn't struggling. He was just struggling in other ways. But it's the love and the passion that you have for this that keeps you coming in the door every morning. You know, when I hire someone, it's not, I used to look for a lot more. And hiring has changed over the years and throughout COVID and how you build a team and how you build a staff, what motivates people has really changed. But one thing I try to tell everyone on the word go, it doesn't matter your experience. It doesn't matter how good you can make pizza, because I'm gonna tell you to make it differently. I'm gonna tell you to make it the fire and wood way. I'm gonna tell you to make it our way. Not because it's right, just how I want things done. It's what works for us. I'm gonna change the way you wear your clothes. We wear all black, we wear specific shit. It has to say fire and wood, whatever. It's gonna be all that. You have to love to cook. You have to love pizza. You have to love the process. You have to love when you make a batch of dough, something you've done a million times, and you make it and you look at it and you're like, what the fuck did I do? It's a mess. That's garbage. Throw it out. Whether it's too much water, not enough salt, whatever you did to fucking jack it up, you got to throw it out. That's part of the love for it. When you burn a pizza and you rip a hole in a pizza or even when you deal with the really bad shit, when shit goes really wrong and, and you have a $10,000 problem. It's got to get solved that day because business needs to go on, you know, or when you deal with a client that is just so impossible to make happy, you know, all of those things are part of that struggle and struggle kind of changes and keeps me coming back. It's the adrenaline of the struggle that keeps me coming back. What's tomorrow going to bring? Today was smooth. What's tomorrow going to be? You know, we're, it's the adrenaline that I find keeps me there because it's not that day to day. It's not, I go to an office, I sit behind a computer and I, I kind of do the same thing. We all do the same shit. We all have our routine. We all wake up, we drink our coffee. We say hi to our kids and wife. We come to work and do whatever our job is. But depending on what you do and how you do it, really the definition of a routine. I wake up around the same time every day. I go to sleep around the same time every day. That's like kind of the length of my routine. 
Everything that happens in between, what the fuck? Yeah. Some days is great. Some days is the same. And some days is not. You know, you don't know what's going to happen next. And that's definitely what, what drives the business, what drives me, what, what, what keeps us just to push. You have to push yourself. you got to push your staff. You have to push your family. You know, it's hard on everyone around me the, the way I work. You know, I work when we're busy, you know, March, March through October, I'm out of the house 80, 100 hours a week. I'm gone. So it takes that support from everyone and it takes a struggle from everyone. And again, hopefully the juice is worth the squeeze. Hopefully this is this turns into what I what, what I want it to be. It's not that it makes me rich. I don't need to be rich. I know everyone says that. I don't need the big house. I'd like a big house. I'd like a house that I'm comfortable in and have a bunch of nice fucking cars in the driveway and a pool and all this shit. But I just want to make people happy through food. I want to make good food and, and, and pass that along. You know, I came from a family that my parents didn't really cook. They weren't like cookers. My mom can't make instant fucking mac and cheese. And my dad, God bless him, he cooks, but he makes the same five things. So my grandma cooked. My grandma cooked for us. And it's like, Growing up, my grandma was my best friend. My parents were young. She kind of helped raise me and help cultivate me as like a young adult. And I watched her cook for us and my cousins and my family. And that was the only thing that brought us together. We're like a, like a big, angry New York Italian family. We fight, we argue, everything's a fucking problem. But the food is always what brought us back. And I took that and tried to give that to other people, whether it's at a wedding or it's at a studio event, a corporate event, people don't know each other. Everyone's got to break the ice. There's no better way to break the ice than over a garlic knot slider. Because you've never seen it. Like, what the fuck is this? Hey, it's good, right? Yeah. And before you know it, you're talking to the guy next to you. And maybe you made a friend. Maybe you found someone at that wedding that you didn't know. But whatever the case is. But food, food is what does it. This table, this environment is what does it. You know, so, yeah, it's interesting, you know, because it sucks. It's hard. It's fucking... Man, no one could have gotten me ready for how hard pizza and food was gonna be. In any environment, I did it in front of a restaurant in a really long time, and the restaurant was, it was good, it was fun, loved it. But now the mobile, again, back to that, like thriving off the adrenaline of the struggle. Doing pizza mobily is tough, and there's a bunch of guys that do it, like, that do it really well, that do it at a really high level. And, but I did it with someone else before COVID. And at the time, like I said, it was kind of fuck you to everyone else. I didn't know there were so many other guys out there doing it. And when I got back into it, I still didn't know. And then I got back into it and found out about all these guys that are, again, doing it at such a high level. I was like, fuck. I just ordered this $50,000 oven. Did I do the right thing? There's already guys doing this shit. And it's, there's so many guys doing it because it, it, it's just, it's... They love doing it. And some of them were bred during COVID. Some people didn't even know they liked making pizza. You know, the guys I find that do it at the highest level, Nick from Lucky Nick's, Tommy at Lasorda. These are guys that were not making pizza pre-COVID. I think that like, fuck you attitude, like my pizza is the best is it, it's because I think the, the birth of a lot of those businesses were kind of so pure and like out of this thing that was terrible. Like, and then, and then I just think that like these, that there's no insecurity either. It says a no. lot about somebody who can give you advice or be like, Oh man, your pizza is great. Or like, how did you do this? Or, and, and then on the flip side, asking somebody for help is also you're vulnerable. And it's like, 
it breeds that community because everyone's cool kinda, as fuck. Yeah, it's a good and, point. It's and, really- and, and then you 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 know somebody's okay with themselves, their business, their food when one they're able to help out and they're 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 able to ask for help and yeah. you know what I mean? Like there is no insecurity. The guy that's like fuck you, my pizza's the best. Something else is going on there. Absolutely. And and that's a good point and it's it's because we all, yeah, I was doing this before COVID. It doesn't make me any better. We all came from COVID, right? We all, there's really not many of us that were doing this at the level we're doing it now before COVID. And a lot of that, I would not have known, you know, outside of Instagram. Mm-hmm. The best thing I ever fucking did was delete my personal Instagram. Cause now I just live on the fire and wood Instagram. And it's a great way to talk to other guys and talk to other people and just see what other people are doing. Yeah. Not to copy them, but it's it's this is it's a small world, the pizza world, you know. And I didn't realize how small it was till I started going to Pizza Expo. Yeah. Started meeting some people there. Yeah. In Vegas and Instagram, and then the community here and trying other people's pizza. I used to go try other people, other people's pizza, to just simply to be like, "This fuck." But be, you even you, be, you even go into those experiences kind of yourself, wanting it to suck ass. Yeah. Because it makes you feel better uh, unintentionally about your, yeah. and not knowing that you're doing yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, and then because you've already made a judgment before you've gotten there. And I think that like breaking down those walls, meeting those people, having conversations and being like, you know what? We are all doing the same thing, yeah. but we're all doing it in our own way. I was going to say, and finding out that there's other ways to do this. Yeah, yeah. most pizzas are round or square, right? Yeah. But there's a million ways to do it. Yeah. And then you talk to other people that are doing it and you're like, wow, our pizzas look similar taste a lot different, they look similar, but we're doing it so differently, you know, in such a different process that, and it's also like, you know, as you get older and as things change and as you progress as a human and as you you work on yourself, I've done so much work on myself after coming out here. Now I'm gonna sound totally fucking LA, Jesus Christ. I had to find myself. I left New York. You know was- what though? Self-introspection and like looking into yourself and like be, without getting super LA, this should just be like super meta world, you know? 100%. But like a lot of people don't don't take the time to look inside and be like, where are my faults? How can I do better? Where's my anxiety coming from? Like, why do I feel this way? And no, a lot of people, it's easy to get in a job and do all these things and go through the motions yeah. and start drinking on the weekend Routine's and then go back into the thing and you never actually think about, why do I feel this way? Why am I this way? Why am I reacting this it's hard way? hard to take a step back. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and do some self-reflection. Yeah. And I'd say it was one of the hardest things to do. It, if not maybe the hardest, yeah. right? And, and, and the step before that is the awareness of the need to do that, you know, when when I decided it was time to leave New York, it wasn't my decision. I came into work one day and my boss was like, hey, I'm like, where the fuck are 300 employees? Nobody was there. I'm like, where the fuck is everybody? He's like, oh, we sold the company. Fuck, it's, it's Wednesday. I closed last night at 10 o'clock. When did you fucking sell to Grubhub? <laughs> they called you at midnight? They're that's, a New York company. What? Come on, guys. So no job, right? Ironically enough, the next week while I was going fucking crazy, my best childhood friend in New York Similar thing, they sold, he was a property manager, they sold the building, no job. He's like, dude, let's move to LA. And I was like, no, 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 because you know, New York is like Stockholm syndrome. It's like they fucking beat you until you're okay with it. And when you leave, you're a quitter. And I had friends, my boys, they're like, you're leaving? My best friend who's gonna fucking watch us and laugh does all of my marketing. When the day I left, he's like, you'll be back. Yeah. He's like, you're coming back. I'm like, fuck you, I might leave LA, but I'm not coming back here. Yeah. 
And so to leave that, that was step one. And then step two was, okay, well, how do I work on myself? How do I, how do I just become a better person? That was through the first job. I got to my first job in LA and I thought I was like, calm, cool, collective. I lost my New York accent. I slowed down. People were going to really embrace me and like me. Dude, they fucking hated me. (laughs) They did not embrace me. I had my first employment lawsuit in the first week of being in LA, like at my first job because I had a, a big mouth. And I was like, okay, so- Wait, you sued somebody? No, someone sued like okay. my boss, like okay. the company I was working for okay. because I was a dick. Okay. I oh, came in. Damn. Yeah, that's so that hell, was like a lot a hell to of explain. first week, yeah. Yeah, like that was a lot to be like, hey, you could trust me to run this place? Yeah. I'm really not a dick. I, I'm a little bit of a dick. Yeah. Not that much. The fuck? How yeah. do you tell your new boss that, right? So I, I went home that week and I was just like, look, this, it's not about where you are. It, this, is a, this, is, this is a testament of it because- you just drove 3,000 miles, you took all your shit, you got an apartment, you moved here, and you're still the same fucking dickhead that you were 3,000 miles ago. Yeah. So now what? <laughs> now you're here paying more money, you got really no job, I just took that job, you have no money, I was broke, so what do you do? And I did what other LA people do, I went to Runyon, and, and <laughs> <laughs> you Google shit, dude, yes, I didn't know yes, anything about yeah, it, I was like, where do you, a, where do you go in LA to take clear your mind? Take I said, a, take a hike. Dude, that's- and my parents used to tell me to take a hike when I was a kid to get the fuck out of there. So I was oh like, I'm going to go take a hike. Yes. Now I don't hike. But yeah. then I was going on hikes to like meet chicks right. and find myself. Yeah. If I could do the Great. same together. Great idea. Exactly. So I got to the top and the top of Runyon is dope. Yeah. Even when you live here, Beautiful. it's still dope. Like you could see the ocean you see downtown. And six years later, I still go there to find peace. Right. And I went there and I was like, well, well you know, what, what do I do to, to just be a better human? You know? And... My mom's a shrink and she's been trying to fucking shrink me since I was a kid. I'm just like, mom, no. But I had to think about some shit that she told me, you know, as a kid and, and turn in on myself and turn in on this attitude was really just coming from insecurities, a bunch of them, right? Some deep rooted, some not, but some of them were like, I'm not good enough to own my own business. I'm not good enough to make food because I have no culinary training. Can I do this in a new place? The things that worked in New York were not going to work here. I knew that. That hustle that I had, yeah, it, it's what works now, but it's a different version of it. And I knew that wasn't gonna work and that was scary. And I knew that if I became a better person and was just a better human to other people, the good that I put out there, the good would come back. Mm-hmm. And I'm one of those people that like, I've been told by a bunch of people, just bad shit happens to me, like, I don't know why. I'm like, oh, if you had no, if, you, if it wasn't bad luck, you'd have no luck at all, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, bad shit happens. And then you get in your head about the whole karma thing. And is it karma? Is it the bad that you put out there? Is that what's coming back? Yeah. So I started just put good out there and only do good shit and, and really make an effort to do good shit daily, right? Whether it was hold a door open for someone or say thank you when you normally wouldn't or push your chair or something really big, you know, or give someone money that might not have or give them food, whatever. So I would try to do these things. And as I would do these things slowly, I realized my life was getting better. And not because I was making more money or because any other reason than the people that were around me were better. My food was better. I was making the best food I had ever made at that moment. I'm like, okay, maybe if I keep doing this, things will keep getting better, keep getting better. That was six years ago. Fast forward to now, still try to keep that emphasis and I try to make it bigger. I do it with my employees. I try to put good out there through my staff. And, you know, back to the original point of we're caterers, we're not just hospitality. It's if, you know, I have a girl that works for me, Cammy, 
who's very in tune with how people are feeling, the vibe of the room. She's great to have because she could see like when people are off. And I'm like, yo, go out of your way, you know? Make sure the bride has the food or, or make sure the client has food or make sure you've done something to go out of your way than just someone that's going to show up and just make some food as like an employee. Yeah. You know, and I try to tell everyone like this is, yeah, I own it. My name's on it and, you know, I tell people I own it. But the, su the success, the growth, that's us. Yeah. We are fire and wood. Yeah. And I'm really, really, really lucky to have the staff that I have. The majority of my staff has been with me since my first job here in LA, which is a testament because like I said, I was an asshole, but they stuck with me then and they believed in the dream. And it's not the dream of we're going to make really good pizza. It's the dream of we're going to make something great here. Yeah. Through food, through what we know, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to make fire and wood a household name, not in just the catering world, but in LA and not it's so that we're the biggest name and that people don't know the other guys. That's not the goal. That mm -hmm. was the goal. When I first, even when I first started this, like I had to remind myself to reflect back on that moment at Runyon and be like, because when you're first started and you have no money, then you get, you get really hungry. Yeah. And the definition and, and the difference between, you know, good hungry and bad hungry it, it is really a fine line. And when I first started, there was really bad animosity towards the, the, my ex-partner and a couple other pizza guys in LA. And then I had no money and I had this oven in front of me with not a lot of work and I was still trying to get my feet wet, still trying to get events. And then I, then I just really like reverted back to my old ways. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, wait a minute, chill, relax. And I relaxed and that's when good started to happen again. The work started to flow in. Some staff that I was looking for through COVID, I found again. And everyone kind of started to come back. The key pieces I needed to get this together were back and I had no money. And I had to get these people back after COVID, not really having any cash, not a little bit, but I couldn't offer them like a full-time job. I was like, hey, like you could, this week's busy, this week's not shit, so good luck. Yeah. And it was, how do we get through that? And it was, again, putting the good out there, like just being nice, taking care of them in the sense of, if I was eating, they were eating. Yeah. And we got through that and now we're kind of through that and now we're just in a different phase of the struggle of the growth. And we just do it with new people we hire and, and, and other people we bring in. It's that we just want to look out for each other. And it trickles all the way up from guys like you that really, and, and, and David, again, that really look out for pizza guys in LA and bring us together and give us a reason to listen to each other. Like there's guys that have been on, on this podcast that until I open this business and listen to that podcast, really opened my eyes to them because I thought they were fucking assholes. Yeah. And I listen to them on this podcast and I'm just like, wow, you know what? They're probably a lot like me. I come off as an asshole. Because the way I talk, I'm real frank, I'm real direct. Some people take that as I'm a dick. Yeah. And I do the same to other people. And I heard them on this podcast or, or David will hit me up and be like, hey, let's go grab, you know, let's go to Petromale. Let's go grab lunch with, and I'm like, oh, I'm good on that fucking guy. I really don't want to be around him. But then I talk to him and realize those are just things that you, you get through social media, you get through Instagram or what someone else has told you about them. So to be involved with the support group and be around this is good. It's great. Yeah, I think getting into your head about, you know, maybe a small interaction, but like anytime I've ever reached out to anybody, 99% of the time in the pizza industry, they have been warm and awesome great. and great people. Yeah. And, and to go back to what you said about like how you were like negative self-talk and, and like making small, like positive changes, even if it's just like, 
uh, opening up a door, putting, you know, or like big changes, oh. uh, saying thank you to people. I would say that like that probably made you feel good about yourself. And that's the root and, of it. And yeah. And then the, then you your your situation starts feeling a little brighter and then you you treat people brighter and then your existence gets it's, a little brighter and it's I mean it's it like starts COVID. Here. it just spreads yeah, it's, right? it, it starts spreads. in a good way in yeah. a good way yeah. and it's like to be the root of that is amazing right yeah. and and that's where the the self gratification comes from now because I'm happy in my life I'm able to make good food the good I, I spread those good vibes through my food yeah. right we go do an event for 300 people. 300 people love the food and I just made them happy through my food. Yeah. My staff is happy because I'm not an asshole. Yep. I'm coming in with a smile on yeah. my face. I'm shaking everyone's hands. I'm thanking them for being there because they thank you for being here. Like to pay someone is not the thank you. That's yeah. just the exchange of they worked. That's the fucking agreement. Yeah. But I always make sure to thank, thank you for coming. And that was, that was a pre-COVID thing. You know, that was because I'm appreciative that they came in today, you know? And it's like, spread that through your staff, spread it through the food. It's, it's going to just keep growing, but you can't do that until you're comfortable and happy with yourself. If you, you cancel some of those insecurities and you get, and you talk to yourself about it. Like when I was a kid, dude, people would pick on me because I would talk to myself. I had an imaginary friend. And when you're a kid, that's like, fuck is wrong? All right, kid, you're a little fucking weird. Great imagination. You have a good imagination. It's exactly what it is. And that translates down into, I still talk to myself. Yeah. Just do it in a different way. I ask myself what I think are the important questions. Did I do a good job today? As much as I have people in my life that are like, you're, everyone's biased in my life, dude. Everyone's gonna tell me I'm doing a good job. Of course, yeah. You know, to the outsiders, I'm rich. Cause I have a business that somehow has stayed on his feet for two and a half years. Yeah. And we're, we're building, we're growing, we're adding more trucks. We're like, oh. <laughs> this guy's, yeah, this guy's- must really be doing <laughs> yeah. well over there in California. Yeah, yeah. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. You have no idea. Yeah. And then, and other people that are like, you know, yeah, he's so good. Well, it comes from yourself. Yeah. You gotta be happy. You gotta be here to go do that. Yeah. And you gotta be able to ask yourself like, am I doing it? You know, these biased people, they're gonna tell me I'm doing a good job. My mom will call me daily and tell me she's proud of me. And other people, my grandma, my fiance, my sis, they will all tell me how, my boys, their girlfriend will be like, you're crushing it, like great job. Cause that's what it looks like on Instagram. And that's the point of Instagram, right? Yeah. For some people. Yeah, definitely for <laughs> some people. I try to, I I try like to, to post it all. I like to share the bruises. I try to share the bullshit because yeah. it's not all, you know, kisses and rainbows through this. And I try to reduce on the fakeness on social media and just kind of show what it is. This is who we are. Yeah. And because everyone's biased, because people are just looking at you through a lens on Instagram, there's no one else. Even your wife is not going to be like, did you go, you did a good job today? Did you do the right thing? Because you're not gonna tell her every situation. You're not gonna tell her every piece of bullshit that went on in the day because yeah. it's just too much. Yeah. You know, and or if you have a partner, it's the same thing. I, I, you know, a business partner, it's the same thing. No one knows every detail like you, so it's up to you to ask yourself the questions that no one else is gonna ask yourself or ask you. Mm. And those could be uh, work-related, personal-related, what the fuck ever. You know, and I find myself making it more successful work-wise in my personal life. I'm able to have a, a long relationship with people where back in the day I couldn't, you know, I had my boys, I had my friends and that was it. Yeah. I, every girlfriend I had never lasted more than like nine months because we'd fucking just want to sick of each other. Yeah. New York is brutal. There are chicks in New York are brutal. Guys in New York are brutal. So I never had those long lasting relationships. I never had 
a lot of that stuff. And now I'm at a place where I just want things to be constant. And they're never going to be on all my own business. They're never going to be just, just like this, like just a straight line. You're always going to be on that graph of things going like this. And it's all over the place. But if we can get to a place where every day you wake up and there's a smile on your face and you feel good about what you're doing in your personal life and in business, then dude, why else are you here? Like, we all want to make money. We all want to grow. We all want a million stores or a million trucks. But really, you just got to be happy, dude. You just got to wake up every day and know that you're doing the right thing. Or, or And if you're not, that you're on the track to doing that. You're on the path to what your goal is. Goals are really important. Yeah. You know, I've always been goal-driven. I think that's what makes me, part partially makes me successful now, is that I'm able to do, like, business owner shit. Like, forecast income and forecast what I might make and all that shit is good, but it's about goals. I know what I want to make. So, well, that's, that's the goal is really close to what I think we're going to do because I think I'm able to achieve those goals because they're, they're in reality. They're not like, of we all have goals here, here, and here, and there's different levels of goals. Some are up in the fucking clouds. I want a 10,000 square foot house with a Ferrari and all the shit. And those are up there. But then there's the goals of, well, I just want a house that's safe with a kid and a wife and, that's newer and stuff like that. That's more realistic. And those are the goals that, and then there's the immediate goals that are right here that like, okay, fuck, it's a payroll week. It's the first. Yeah. And the truck's fucked up. Brutal. Right. Brutal so, week. so, yeah. So those goals then become just shit to do. And it's kind of like that cycle of constantly working on your goals, working on yourself, working on your food, keeping things different and evolving. Like just always be willing to change, always be willing to be vulnerable, ask questions, talk to other people, call, do this shit together. Like you're not going to put me out of business. I'm not going to put you out of business. And that goes for everyone else. Yeah. No one's here to put each other out of business. We're all just here to coexist. Well, we're all here to just stay in business. Stay in business. And that's <laughs> not really- Not put it. anyone out of business. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. just stay here and coexist and like yeah. have our pocket or have our hole and have our group of people that are our riders that are going to come to us no matter what. And that group of people that are going to come to us ish and then blend that and, and do it together, do it happily, do it together and just go about it in a much different way. Yeah. You know? So, but it's constant reminder. It's constant. Like, yeah. You know, and it all relates back to the business all comes back to one thing. Like, you know, to, to bring this back to a pizza podcast, like this is about the fucking business. This is about how do I make a better experience for the people that are paying me? Yeah. I want to grow the business. I want people to continue to come back. Yeah, we do Google marketing. We do SEO. We do Instagram. We do Facebook. Do all this shit. I want clients through word of mouth and that's it. Yeah. I want someone to hit me up and be like, yo, I spoke to so-and-so. They hired you. They said it was a fucking unbelievable experience. Can you put some pricing together for me? That's how I want to earn new business because that's earning it. Yeah. Me paying Google to drive someone who looked up wood-fired pizza to drive them to my website, yeah, I earned it because I paid for it. But earning earning new business through referrals, yeah, is that's how you're earning it, right? And you're gonna earn it through a bunch of all the shit we just talked about, and being honest and not and and selling a product that you know you're gonna provide. Don't oversell. Don't bullshit people. Like bullshit's not gonna get you anywhere. Yeah. If you know this is what you're providing, whether it's what they want or not, you hope it's what they want because if it's what they want, they're gonna book you. If it's not what they want, they're going to go down the road and find someone else. But you know that I used to, not that I used to do it, I used to try to do it to like, because I thought it would work, is to tailor the business to what the client wanted. And then I realized like, some of these clients don't know shit. 
And even the ones that do know a lot and have done this before, they don't know who we are. How do you define, how do you build a brand? How do you define your own brand if you're constantly changing what you do based on the client? Then you're no, you're not firing wood, you're nobody. You're just a fucking jerk off that is trying to make pizza and make everybody happy. Well, you're talking about confidence and then like valuing your, your, your vision brand. and yeah. your brand. And sometimes that can be tough. And I imagine it can be tough when you are, you're a mobile operation and there are, you're dealing with weddings and you're dealing with corporate parties because you kind of, your, your concept kind of has to fit into those certain 100%. things. But I would, I guess, I'd I imagine you could argue that like, you don't need to change you, your concept or your attitude or anything for anybody it, because you're, you, you, you know the game, you, you, you've done the weddings, yeah. you've done the parties and you can be molded. There's some things in any that way. have to change. Really? You know? Yeah, you have to change your attitude. Like one thing that I will, I will say is I will change the way I sell based on the client. Okay. You know, there's some people that are coming to me that are like me and you. Real laid back, we're the same age, we're kind of have the same interests, whatever. And you could pick that up on someone, mm -hmm. you know, instantly. And I could talk to them like this very regularly. Or you have that very high end client, you know, when we're dealing with a house planner for a celebrity. And every time you deal with a celebrity, like it's real secretive. I'm gonna serve them food, just tell me who it is. Like, yeah. let's not play this fucking game of like, oh, well, I have a mystery client and they want some pizza and they want you to come late tomorrow night. No, we don't have to do all this. We can just, Say who it is. So I have to tailor myself to them and gear the conversation to what I know they want to hear in the sense of not changing my food, not changing the product, but changing like- The approach. Yeah, like what bullshit they want me to spew out. And it's not like I'm not lying about anything, but I know that they don't care about our setup. They don't care what time we're going to get there. They're going to care about what we're going to serve. Mm -hmm. Are we going to sign the NDAs? Are we not going to pull our phones out while we're there? Are they going to care about those things? Yeah. You know, when I'm dealing with a studio clients, again, the same thing. They don't care if we're going to use a black tablecloth, a red tablecloth, whatever. Yeah. They don't care what the truck looks like. They don't care about anything. They care about how professional we're going to be on set. Are the guys that I'm bringing going to pass the background checks if they're if needed or whatever paperwork is needed to get on, COVID test back in the day? And are we going to conduct ourselves in a manner that's going to represent the studio in a way they want to be represented, right? So I have to change that. The product doesn't change anymore. I will tell you that being mobile adds in this element of constantly questioning, do I change my brand and do I change how I'm doing things? Because you don't have that awareness, that brand awareness that brick and mortars do. And being in California, being in a place where mobile food is really on a pedestal, like we really respect mobile food in California. 100%. You know, in New York, you, now it's different. Now everyone fucking makes pizza from a truck. But back in the day, you told people you made pizza from a truck, they're like, oh, Bafangul, oh, get the fuck out of here. Because it's just unheard of. It's yeah. Anything from a truck is a roach coach. It has animals on it and you're not going to eat off it. So even though we put mobile on a really high pedestal here in California, it's still really hard to get that awareness, to get our product. I'm not getting our product out to the public. I never realized how hard it would be to build a brand <laughs> that isn't available to the public. And it's great because we built something that people want and really want and is not available to the public. They can't get their hands on it because we're in LA, people value that shit. Yeah. Again, in New York, you can't get your hands on it. Fuck, Fuck you. you. Yeah, here, here it's the less you can get. The longer the line, yeah. Yeah. the more faster it's gonna sell out. Like, yeah. ooh, I'm running. Yeah, you know? I gotta have that. And yeah, and that's, there's a, a bunch of guys mobily 
that's set up in the same place. You know, you drive past any Yeasty Boy truck, any bagel truck yeah. that he's got, and the line is like down the block. Yeah. And then you, people are like, oh, what's that line for? It's for bagels. They gotta be good. Yeah. And they are good. Yeah. And that's why people wait. So that that plays in our part. But what doesn't is like, oh, well, you know, we want to book an event. Can we do a tasting? Mm, nah. I do pop-ups once in a while, but it's really, I know one person that makes money on pop-ups that, that has busy pop-ups, and that's Nick Camacho. Yeah, no doubt. Any other pizza guy I know that does pop-ups, they're doing it for the same reason I'm doing it. Brand awareness, marketing, tastings. That's where I do my tastings. Yeah. I have a really good home. I, I set up at one place at Bruyard in Glendale. I set up there because it's close to home. Yeah. It reduces my overhead. They, they're cool with me having the tastings there. They allow kids, so it's like a... It's a family environment that I could bring people to, but I can't do tastings, right? I can't. As much as I would love Dave Portnoy to try my pizza, he never will. I could I could sit here right now and say the chance of him trying my pizza are very slim to none because we're not open to the public. Yeah. You know, I do a bunch of stuff that other caterers don't do. Like we make a I make we make I make a new t-shirt or hoodie for everything. Every experience we do, I make another shirt, right? I try to build the brand that way, I try to have a really good Instagram. But there's still that really large group of people out there. Like, you don't have a brick and mortar? I'm not coming. Or you don't, you're not on Yelp? And I'm not on Yelp because I'm not gonna pay for it. Like, we picked one, we picked Google. We have really good reviews on Google. I can't do both because we're not, it just doesn't make sense to do both, yeah. right? And so there's people or parents, you know, now that we're doing so many weddings, a lot of times the client is the parent of the bride or groom. Yeah. And they're just old and they're old fashioned and they want to use a fucking phone and they want to talk to me. And it might be a flaw. Everyone does shit differently. I don't answer the phone, the work phone. I can't. Google fucks with me. And they when I was answering, they're like, yeah, can I get a large cheese yeah, delivered? Yeah, no, I know. We did Google. Like, large cheese delivered? We got the, the weirdest fuck? shit. Yeah. Like, this isn't Domino's? Yeah. And at first I just thought it was my boys fucking with me. I'm like, guys, you got to stop. I got, yeah. We have a group chat. I'm like, yo. Stop fucking calling me for real. Like this is not funny anymore. That's like some dude from Palmdale. Yeah, asking you and then I realized delivery. it was it was just Google just yeah. being a mess. So that really veered me away from the phone, right? And then I really only do things through email because the people that really want you, the people that are not tire kickers, are going to email you. They're going to have their questions. They're going to kind of have direction of where they want to go. You know, the people that hit me up and like, hey, uh, we're loosely planning an event for next year. Uh, don't know the guest count. Going to be somewhere in LA. I don't even answer. And it's because time is really valuable. And if I waste my fucking time talking to someone that doesn't even have an event date or a guest yeah. count or anything, I can't, be, I can't be attached to it at that beginning in the process. I got to go with the people that are way more further. How much time do you waste, though, giving, like, maybe dealing with, like, estimates and my stuff? My God, that's you my... It's, like, you get to... So we're at a place where that's the majority of my day, yeah. right? So... I'm not a computer guy. I'm not like a paperwork kind of guy. So like this morning, I was here at 8.30 yeah. with, to meet with you. I was up at four because Monday mornings are my morning to get through weekend shit. Yeah. I have like an away message that's like, if, oh, if you email me on Fridays or Saturdays, pretty much fuck off. <laughs> I'm on the road. Like, and I don't want people to Softly think- Softly fuck off. Yeah, like politely, like, please fuck off. Yeah. And it's because I don't want people to think I'm ignoring them or yeah, I don't yeah, take course. my business seriously. I just can't. Mm -hmm. I can't, you know, I'm very hands-on with the business. We have two trucks. Well, three now with the Gosneys, if I count the Gosney shit. I drive one of them. I'm the only one that does destination work. So I'm the one that's driving to Palm Springs or I'm driving to fucking Phoenix or Nevada. Yeah. How am I going to email you proposals or like be in tune to your quote yeah. and, and your event if I'm driving or if I'm on the phone? I can't. So 
Monday mornings are the morning, right? And so I got up at four. I did emails from 4 a.m. till about seven. And then I started the rest of my day, right? And I'm fortunate and grateful that we're busy. Those emails, I could probably look, there's probably 20, 30 sitting in there now that have responded already. And it, it used to be oh, two hours a day. And then it was three hours a day. And then it was, okay, asshole, you don't want to answer your fucking phone? And this is how the only way you're going to bring in business? You better live on that fucking laptop. Yeah. Now the computer is with me everywhere. It's outside in the car. Because I need to have it. I need to be accessible. I need to be able to answer these emails because this is how we're bringing in the work. If I'm not answering those emails, how are we getting the work? Yeah. How are we signing the contracts? You know, it's a process to book. Yeah. It is a grueling process to book because I do things differently than most people do, than most caterers do, right? In the sense of I don't offer packages. I don't offer like package A, package B, package C. Yeah. I don't do it. Mainly because for us and for the client, I want every event to be different. I want every event to not be the same as the last one we did. I don't want my, I don't want my staff, I don't want my guys to get bored. Yeah. We all get bored pretty easily. I don't want to get bored. I want to stay on the edge of my seat through this ride. I want my guys to be on the edge of their seat. But I also don't want the client to be like, oh, well, you're so busy. You're just giving us the same fucking experience you gave this guy because you have no time to talk to me and ask me the important questions and ask me really what I'm looking for. So I spend a lot of time in, you know, it's the same process, right? You go on the website, you fill out inquiry. I send back the same response to everyone. It's a general response, pretty much breaking down what we do. And then everyone's got the same question. Well, how much is it? How much is it? And because I don't offer packages, that changes things. You yeah. know, then, then I do what most people don't do. I'm like, well, go to my menu and let me know what menu items you're thinking of. And I can give you pricing based on those menu items. So you curate like a specific experience every specific time. Specific experience every time. Based on some people just want just pizza. Yeah. You know, some people just want them sliders. Dude. Some people just want garlic, not sliders. Yeah. Some people now we're in a place where because I'm, again, trying to grow what we do and build our brand. We do events where there's no pizza. And that's really fucking weird for us. Yeah, because now we're taking what we do. We're taking our fucking system and we're leaving it behind. Our system is pizza. And now we're in the truck and we're not asking each other. Yo, you got the pizza cheese? You got the dough? Yeah. You got the sauce? Because this is what we do on every fucking ride. We have a system, we're good at what we do, but yeah. we're also paranoid about forgetting something because when you're on the road and you forget something, yeah, you are fucked. fucked. Yeah. You are fucked, right? So we gotta be super detail-oriented at the kitchen. Our systems, you should see our fucking wall. I mean, the, the clipboards, I, I should own stock and fucking staples, dude, with the amount of clipboards I have. <laughs> because I'm like a pen to paper kind of guy, I gotta write it down. Yeah. So because it works for me, it's how I train the staff and now we all do it. Now we just live on fucking clipboards, right? So. We can't forget stuff. We gotta, we gotta, and now we do events that don't have pizza. So that throws us for a loop. And it's, it's being able to, to change and having our list. We live on lists. You know, we do stuff real remote out in the desert. And if, dude, if you go out to fucking Joshua Tree in the park and this has happened and you forget fucking pizza cheese, what the fuck do you like? Yeah, what do you do? You know, I'm back to like asking yourself the important questions. Okay, don't freak out. Don't fucking kill somebody. Don't yeah. strangle the motherfucker that was like, yeah, we got it. We yeah, got yeah, it. Yeah. And this is a guy that's worked with me for a long time. He's my family. Serge is like my guy. And didn't bring fucking pizza cheese. And when I am like, yo, you got the cheese? And this is for 200 people. So we had about 35, 40 pounds of shredded moths. I'm like, okay, we're gonna, I gotta go find fucking cheese. And I, you know, and you make it work. You Where'd know? you find cheese? Fucking Vons, dude. So you went and got like some bunk ass fucking Vons. Bullshit. Cheese? 
And then I'm like, okay, I can't serve this pizza with, uh, we cook it like 850, yeah, 875. So it, it, I bet the cheese just got destroyed. Go to Vons and buy silicone cheese. You're going to yeah. burn it. It's just going to fucking light on fire. Yeah. So then I was like, okay. <laughs> by any means necessary, right? By any, uh, by any means necessary, we're yeah. going to do what we got to do to make sure that this event goes off. Not for us. Not because I, I, obviously I don't want the bad review, but I don't want to fuck up someone's night. If it's a wedding, if it's a corporate thing, food, booze, and liquor are the three most important things of an event. Yeah. Now we're at a place where I'm usually controlling at least two of them, right? So if I fuck up the liquor, if I fuck up the food, your event's shit and I'm to blame, right? Yeah. So, okay, no pizza cheese. I think it was like 110 or 120 pizzas we had to make that night. So I went to Vons, I go to the shredded mozz. They got the shredded mozz. I'm like, what the fuck is this? It was like $14 a bag for like a bag like this big. I'm like, oh, so that's good for one pizza. Yeah. Okay, so now we need 110 of those. Not gonna get it. So I bought every piece of fucking cheese they had. Every bit of mozzarella and provolone. I don't really use provolone on pizza, yeah. but I do know it will melt. St. People Louis will style. like it. It makes it creamy. We gotta make something creamy. Like, dude, I was about to go buy fucking heavy cream and make a bechamel real quick to just add like a cheese sauce to make up for this bullshit. So we made it work. I just bought a bunch of fresh mozz. We shredded it real quick and mixed it with the shitty cheese and mixed it with a little bit of other stuff and made like a really, it was good. I bet it was fire. It was really good. Yeah. And now I got this fucking guy, Serge, like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> I guess it wasn't that big of a deal. I forgot the yeah. fucking cheese. Yeah, except yeah, of course, my blood pressure went yeah. from totally normal to like through the roof. Yeah. And I just blew like $500 at Vons. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the little bit of money we were gonna make on this job, fuck you, now it's at Vons. Yeah. And dude, it's not even, it's not about the money, it's not about anything. I want us to look and be professional. So for us to go to an event, and for the client or anyone to see me pull out my big ass truck that's loud and makes all this fucking noise, pulls out like an asshole because I'm in a rush because now it's 30 minutes of serving time. I got to go fucking hunt down 30 pounds of cheese at Avon's and Joshua Tree. Don't need that. Yeah. You no, know, I got my own shit. You could just bring the fucking cheese. But well, something like that probably and should only happen one time. It should. But it Will did. it? No. Yeah. Will we ever forget pizza cheese again? Never. Yeah. Now we make a fucking joke, but will we forget something else? I wish we could say we went on the road. We do we do anywhere between 30 and busy, you know, busy seasons between 30 and 50 events a month. Yeah. So to sit here and do that many condensed into four weeks with just two trucks and then say we don't forget shit, that's a joke. Yeah. But I It'll will happen. tell you what we do forget is bullshit that DoorDash, you know, I will give DoorDash that. Pizza boxes, if I run low on plates or forks. Certain things you can't predict. Yeah. And other guys, other caterers that I know, and again, everyone conducts business differently. They're okay with running out of plates. It's not their fault you used fucking too many. Yeah. They brought enough and it's, fuck you, you know, or, or they forgot uh, parsley. I'm like, well, cilantro kind of looks like parsley. You're not going to know. Cilantro tastes a lot different than parsley though. I worked for someone who was like, we forgot parsley. And I was like, oh, just put cilantro on it. That They're a psychopath. And I was like, right on brother. <laughs> yeah. I hope they have no sense of smell, yeah, they no sense of taste, and are fucking blind. Yeah, people. That's all you got, right? Some people so, hate cilantro. You know, I'd rather just not put it on. Yeah. You know, I find that it's going to sound bad, but clients are picking their fucking menu like 10 months or a year before their event. Yeah. If I forget the fucking parsley garnish, they're never going to know. Dude. They're never going to be like, right. you motherfucker, where's, where's my parsley? parsley? <laughs> yeah, like they're not going to do that. But I will, because DoorDash exists, I will make an effort to just get the fucking parsley. It yeah. makes the pizza better. That's why I put it on the menu. Yeah. I didn't put it there as a fucking garnish because yeah, it's pretty. Yeah, it's what they asked for too. And it's what they want. Yeah. And that is the goal by any means necessary to give the client what they paid for. Fuck what they want. Want, 
want is here because I don't necessarily care all the time. Yeah. But what they what they signed on that contract and what they paid for, I'm gonna fucking provide every fucking time. That's how we live. That's how we eat. Yeah. We're as good as our last job. Yeah. And that's what I try to tell everyone. And if and with that being said, if the last job's fucked, because some jobs are just gonna be fucked. That job with the cheese, that was just the beginning of it. Like the weather went to shit and the lights stopped working. We're fucking comes in threes. In the dark. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So that's gonna happen. So you're as good as your last job, and you're in, in the regards of did you fuck it up? You forgot the cheese, right? So that's on us. Now we're fuck ups. We forgot pizza cheese. We're a pizza caterer. Well, I know Serge. Next- Serge forgot the cheese, but I w- as an as an owner, I don't know how you felt, but I would feel I would want it was to, on me. I, yeah, I would want to be like fuck that was you, my Serge, fault. But it's like at the when end I was of the done, day, it was it me. was me. Yeah, and and then that night, back to back to the beginning of this, right? Asking yourself the important questions. Asking yourself, did you do a good job? I got home that night. After like a fucking 20, literally a 20 hour day. And sat on my couch. I smoked a little bit of weed. Nice. And I was like, okay, I fucked this up. Why did I fuck this up? What part of my day, what part of my routine did I fuck up to get to this place? Because something I did forgot the cheese. Yeah. And is that a flaw on me? Maybe because I've had other really successful business owners tell me that you have to empower your employees to have accountability. And when they fuck up, they fuck up. It's not on you. And I'm the one that makes, I make every prep list for every job. I won't give it up. So that way, if we forget something that's not on the list, that's on me. Yeah. Everyone else, tell, fuck you, fuck you. Everyone tell me, come on. Come on, I'm a fucking asshole, right? But if it's on that fucking list and it's not there, then it's your fault. And that's how we got to that place. It's how I really Accountability. Built a culture of accountability yeah. was the list, right? Going back to the wall of clipboards. If it's on there, I typed it, fuck you. If it's not... Fuck I wrote me. seven prep lists this week. I'm tired. Fuck me. I got to get on DoorDash right now, right? And it's like, people will tell me, oh, well, you shouldn't, you shouldn't stay up at night because he forgot the cheese. I don't know. Yeah, R- write good, this one down. Good luck. That's what defines the good from the fucking great. Yeah. Because the good will be like, yeah, you know what? Serge is an asshole. I love him. He's my family. Built me since the beginning. I'll never get rid of Serge. Serge will be with me till the end of fucking time. It's his fault though. We'll figure it out. The great are going to be like, okay, how do we make this never happen again? You know how it didn't happen again? If you walk out the fucking door that leaves our kitchen, like that we lock on the outside, there's a fucking piece of tape that says, did you bring the cheese? Yeah. And it, wait, I did it as a joke because now we can laugh about it. The event went off. Customer left us a five-star review. Email me the next day. We love you. You're great. And that's what we want, right? We want the good review. We want the client to be happy. We want them to be fulfilled emotionally. In their pocket, I want them to feel like they got the most bang for their buck. I want them to be like the food was fucking great. And I want all their guests to be like, yo, what the fuck? Last Wednesday I went to, they had salmon and chicken and it sucked. These guys had pizza, garlic nut sliders, rigatoni vodka, salads, cannolis. Like, what the fuck? This is dope. Yeah. That's what I want. So that happened. So at the end of the day, no one's an asshole, right? I wasted some money at Vaughn's. Serge is a dick. He forgot the fucking cheese. Cammy got to laugh in the backseat the whole time. She's like, motherfucker, I didn't forget anything. You forgot the cheese. And we laugh on that and we make it a joke. And I put the piece of tape there to be like, this is a joke. It's a joke. But, but it's it, also like, now we're never going to forget exactly. the fucking cheese again, I mean, right? And, and sometimes you, I mean, you have to have those shitty days, the worst you have days to. of it's your life. It's what makes you better. To, Everyone's to, like, everyone asks, like, what makes you successful? Is it the food? What, like, what, like, what, if someone says to you, what makes you successful? What is it? And I tell everyone it's the same fucking thing. And I made fun of it before, but it's about how well you deal with your problems. Mm-hmm. And it's not like, oh, did you not punch a hole in the wall? Did you not throw your fucking phone? Well, no, you're an asshole if you do shit like that. 
But were you mindful about the solution? Did you remove the emotion? Did you just think about the fucking problem and think about, well, how, how are we gonna fix this? You know? And I will give credit to all, all everyone at Firewood and, and me mainly that have built a culture on just be in the solution. Fuck the problem. It's not about the problem because the problem is the problem. We can't do anything about, but how do we fucking fix it? You know, and it's like, I notice how good we've gotten when shit gets fucked and we fix it instantly. You know, I'll go back to search for a second. A couple, couple of months ago, we were in the car, we were driving out to Palm Springs and I bring pizza boxes to every job so I can leave pizzas behind. I want, whether they paid for them or not, I want the bride and groom to go back to their room at the end of the night when they're drunk and high and they smoked weed all night or whatever. If they didn't, they're gonna want pizza no matter what. They didn't yeah. eat. The client never eats, the host never eats. Yeah. So I bring pizza boxes. Dude, those fucking pizza boxes are the demise of my life. I always forget them, I just never bring them. I don't know why. And I'm, we were driving, I'm like, fuck, I forgot fucking pizza boxes, motherfucker. And I didn't even know he, what he was, I didn't even know he was listening, I was talking to myself. And all of a sudden he's like, dude, there's a smart and final, the next exit, jump off the highway real quick, we'll grab boxes, we'll get right back on the highway. And that's what we did. Mm -hmm. And within four minutes, we grabbed boxes, we were back on the road and no one knew we forgot them. Yep. You know, my sister drove into our, our bay door that locks up the entire warehouse on the way to a job. And that's like my biggest fear. Like if, she, if something's fucked up with her crew and I'm out on the road, well, how do I, I can't fix it. I can't, what the fuck do we do? And she drove into the door, accidents happened. It ripped the whole door off the fucking thing. I was five hours from home with a whole nother crew in the middle of service. Like I had four pizzas in the oven. She's calling me telling me I can't go to my job because the fucking door is gone. I had no service. We were doing this through fucking text. Yeah. People that I just hired, like they were with me for a couple months, found a door guy to get to the shop, to fix the door and enough time for them to get to the job. And it's stuff like that, that like makes me grateful outside of food for the people that I have and the staff that I have and they're great. And it makes me grateful for what I've cultivated in those four walls. And it's like so different, you know, again, back to the beginning, like so different from where we were I used to just like be mad, be angry. Nothing good is going to come out of that. And now these, these problems are going to happen. Yeah. Brick and mortar mobile. And I find that mobily more shit goes wrong because you're doing more. You're on the road. You're dealing with outside elements. Set up, that, take like, down. Yeah. Yeah. Like accidents on the road, flat tires, yeah. tickets, cops, whatever. And then we have the problems that everyone else has. No call, no shows. People that don't just fucking show up. Yeah. You know, I staff really tight mainly because I don't want to drive a million cars to an event. Yeah. So I'm going to try to do no, it's rare that we do an event with more than five people. Mainly because that's what fits in a fucking car. Yeah. But also because like I don't want too much staff. But if we're on a job and the average is four, I have four guys on a job and one just doesn't show up. Fucked. Yeah. It's because we're, we're, because we're caterers, because we're working at the speed that we work, you know, our, our usual service is two hours. Sometimes they'll extend and do three. The bigger events do three. So it's like a, it's one hour for cocktail hour and apps and stuff like that. And then two hours for dinner. But when it's two hours, dude, you're running food. You are running, you know, for two, our average events, 175, 200 people. So you're going to run. And I sell food, not because I want to make money. Again, I want people to be happy. I know what's good. Yeah. This is food I've eaten since I was a kid. I look like this because the food's so good. And I want people to have that experience. So we're not like just selling pizzas and salads. We do garlic knot sliders or arancini or wings that we make in the oven. Everything is scratch made. It's, I'm not buying shit. I'm buying yeah. all raw ingredients. You know, 
So that's a lot to get through. So we got to get through it smoothly. We got to just get through it. You know, when we have 125 pizzas to make in 60 fucking minutes yeah. to cook and serve. And then you got your guy who might seem irrelevant, the guy that fucking cuts pizzas. He's not. Because guess who's, guess who's cutting pizzas now? Me. So now I'm cooking at 875, 900 degrees. I got three or four pizzas in the oven and I'm walking off the oven to go cut a pizza. That's barbaric. Yeah. That's fucking insane. <laughs> you have a fire that big and you're like, oh, hold on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll sec. be right back. Yeah. yeah, you're good, right? And the fire is like, no, I'm gonna burn every fucking pizza in here. Yeah. And because we're so stringent on our consistency, even though we don't have repeat clients, we have a few, but not really. Like you're serving, yeah, yeah. the people aren't gonna come back. Not like, you know, they're gonna walk through your door again. We wanted to be consistent. I want every picture, I want every video, I want our Instagram content to look the same. But I also wanted to taste the same. I know that's our best version, so I want it to be that good. So it's frustrating when someone doesn't come in or when you're short staffed because you want your product to be the same every time you want it to be good. And because the way we do things, one little fuck up will just really trickle up. And again, we're, I have great staff and we'll all jump in where we need. And, and when we have a staff of four, like- I'm just gonna add a lot more stress. Yeah, it's real broken up with four guys, yeah. right? Like you have one stretching, one topping, one on the oven, one cutting is primarily how we get through, through service. Yeah. That's for buffet. We do like seated dinner where we have servers and we bring everything to the table. That's a little different, but normally four guys. And then one doesn't come in, now you're down to three. Now we're all running, right? So stretch is cutting. Topping is cutting. Yeah. Oven is stretching. And we're good. Me, Cami, Serge, my sister, Lexi, we don't speak. We'll get to a job and if it's crunch time, like no one fucking says a word to that's each other. That's when you know it's bang. We're, yeah. And people will watch. And that's when we really impress people. Yeah. And that's when people are like, wow. That's you know when it's, yeah. the food's really good? No, there's no, it, no one's talking. Yep. But like when the work is really good, it's the same thing. The same when thing. everyone's in the flow, like you could be joking around. Everyone could be fucking, that, the minute there's 16 yep. tickets on that board, everyone shuts the fuck shuts up. Shuts the fuck up. And that's when you know everyone's on. And, and everyone's humming. Yeah. And for me as a business owner, for who I am as a human, that is my peak satisfaction. And I know that's fucked up because it's normally when we're running late or when the timeline went to shit of the event and we're, we're kind of off and we're kind of rushing to get things done, that's when we're at our best. Yeah. When we're not talking and we're just fucking moving and I check in on every part of the process to make sure it's still being done right even though we're rushing, Yeah. that's when we're, that's yeah. when we're on. Yeah. When we have seven or nine events in one weekend and I'm like, and on Tuesday, I'm like, okay, that's how well. the fuck are we doing this this week yeah. with our fucking shit kitchen and our double door fucking refrigerators, like we're operating out of a garage still, you know, how do we get past that? And it's, it's just getting through it yeah. and cranking and not, and being efficient with our time. And as a business owner, I got to do nine events a week. I got to be that busy. I have to be able to scale this into what it needs to be. Yeah. Two trucks is not enough. Three trucks is not enough. I want, let me get three questions yeah, in. You've been it. an incredible guest I, and I, you've made my job very easy I today. So. Um, unbelievable. <laughs> uh, is there a number of trucks that you do want? Uh, four or five. Okay. I think five is a good number to, to be in a place where I want to be able to tackle it all. I want the small work, the big work, everything in between. And I want to be able to just be accessible. You know, we mentioned accessibility before. I want to, I'll know when to stop when trucks are sitting. You know, right now I have people hitting me up for a Saturday and I'm like, no, I can't. Like we're booked, we're booked Saturdays, six months, eight months out now. I want to get to a place where we're not. And someone hits me up a month before. I'm like, yeah, we got a truck, we're good to go. Yeah. You know, so five, four or five, maybe. Okay. Like 10, I don't know. Uh, I like that. Uh, I mean, if it's sitting, then you have, you have enough, then, but. Yeah, then too many, you know. 
So a very important question. When yeah. you when you started off, mm -hmm. I, you're starting off as a mobile operation. No one knows who the fuck you are. And you're yeah. talking about doing like six, seven events now mm -hmm. in a weekend. How did you get your name out there? I know like, is it like you're on Zola? Yeah. Like, is the not a thing? Like, you it know, was, how, how the fuck did you get in? Because word of mouth doesn't happen like overnight. Dude, like part of me, I don't know, right? <laughs> I don't know why one day, and I do know, I like to say that I don't know. I do know. I've yeah. done this a bunch of times before for other people. Yeah. This was the first time I was doing it for me. So everything that I've done in the past, I just fucking did better this time. Yeah. And it was a couple things, right? It, I never knew we'd end up in the wedding industry. When I started this, I'm like, I'm never fucking doing a wedding. Yeah. My old job I had pre-COVID, we did weddings. I hated them. And it was just because we were doing them the wrong way. It was We weren't executing the way we should have. That's why I hated them. I love weddings now. I love being part of someone's, maybe their most important day of their fucking life. And I'm there. I yeah. get to witness it. I take pictures And everyone with them. remembers the food. Everybody. I, I make pizzas with them. I try to cultivate like a, a thing with them to, to, to be part. I want to be part of the experience, right? So I never knew we'd get there. That happened after. Uh, it was mainly, we, uh, it was our online presence. I made a real, so when I started this, I only went to people, I only went to friends, right? So my one best friend built my website. He built an unbelievable website. It looked great. Uh, my, who was girlfriend at the time, who's my fiance now, was great at Photoshop. She's a creative director for a fashion company and is a wizard with Photoshop. Wonderful. So like I'll say that the garlic knot slider, the first picture we ever posted was not my garlic knot slider. It was someone I knew in New York. We fucking Photoshopped it and just made it look good because I never made it. And I knew that without Instagram and without a fucking picture of it, I was never going to sell it. Because people are visual. People mm -hmm. want to see it, right? And it's going to sound so bad. You've got to cut the shit out. Fake it till you make it, right? And it's like, I didn't fake it. I knew what I was doing in the sense of I knew the food was good, but I was faking our presence. I was faking that we were a new company. I was, if people asked, I was letting them know the oven. You, the oven was brand new, dude. You'd have to be blind to know my oven wasn't brand new. You'd have to be blind to, to look at us and know we weren't brand new. We had brand new shirts. We had brand new trucks. Things were new. But if you didn't ask and you didn't pay attention, we looked like we were an established 10-year-old company. Yeah. And I did that by design. I did a really good website. We were posting some stuff on Instagram. And then once I got my first one or two events and we started operating under fire and wood, I'm like, okay, this is going to work. Every time we go out, let's take pictures. Let's take videos. Every time, even if they're not good. Yeah. The reason my old company failed, the guy that I worked for was because he had no online presence. And COVID amped that up. Yeah. You're nothing without being online. If your Instagram is shit. And I don't mean like it's shit. Like you don't, it's not, you're not posting what people want to see. You just don't utilize it. Instagram is a tool if you use it as a tool. Yeah. And if you use it and give people a place to go look, then they'll go look. So it was a good website. We put a really strong emphasis on Instagram. But with all of that aside, it was one thing and one thing only. By any means necessary, we're going to make this a good event. There's been events where I have to give people a refund or I have to not necessarily give money back, but go kiss a little bit of ass. Mm -hmm. And it's because I don't want to leave, no pun intended, I don't want to leave a bad taste in someone's mouth. Yeah. And my personality and my, just my deep drive to make good food shows through the experience. It shows through when you hit me up. Yeah. And that's what's gotten us to where we are. It's that we care about what we do. We love what we do. We're so passionate about what we do. I'm able to, to, to give people that through an email. 
I don't talk to people. I don't see people. We're not face to face. They don't come in. So the original jump off of getting me not cooking in my fucking apartment anymore was just creating really good events. And I got one good customer, one good client that referred me to five other people. Things started to pick up from there. He's in the entertainment industry. He makes music videos and we just clicked. He's from New York. I'm from New York. We, we built a relationship on that. And then he ate the food and was like, yo, what the fuck? This is, this is, this is it. Yeah. And he told those five people, those five people told five more. Two and a half years later, we're here. Still building on, on the same stepping stones of just providing an excellent, excellent experience, having really good food. And if by chance something fucks up or if we have, something happens, fix it. You know, everyone looks at problems as a problem. Sometimes problems are good because it's a, your opportunity to fix it and show someone how good you really are outside of the norm. We're late sometimes. That day with the door, they were an hour late. That's the only time we've ever been late for service. Yeah. After that was all said and done, they were a little unhappy and I get it, but it was, I, I couldn't, there's nothing I could fucking do. It's yeah. going to happen. I went and made them dinner at their house one night, like on a Wednesday, and just to make them like, I wanted them to know that I cared. Yeah. And, and I knew for them, it wasn't about the money. It wasn't like, yo, I'll give you back three grand. Here, you can have it. Yeah. It was, I just wanted to know that I gave a fuck. Yeah. And the only, and this is throughout my life, like personally, business-wise, I know how to show people I give a fuck through food. Every girlfriend I've ever had, if I fuck up, I cook. My parents, if I fuck up, I cook. So I'm able to do that and it's because I care. And I think that's what's gotten us to where we are, just caring, being friendly cultivating an experience for every client. Last year we did, you know, almost 200, 200 events. I could tell you every one of those was different from the last one. Even I have clients that we do two or three times a year. They don't get the same experience every time. I make sure I change it. And they're like, oh no, give me the same pizza as last time. We love pepperoni. I'm like, yeah, but why don't you like add some hot honey? Let's get yeah. fucking crazy here. And it's not because or any other reason. I just want them to experience new shit yeah. and experience different stuff and get the most out of me. I want everyone to get the most out of, out of fire and wood and the most out of me. So yeah, I think that's how we did it. And I think that's, that's where, it. I think that's where we ended. Cool. That was fucking awesome. That was wonderful. Thank you. Uh, I do have one last question yeah. and this is an important one. Sure. All right. Who is the greatest artist or the greatest band of all time? To you. Oh, come on, man. That's You fucking throw that in at the end? It's the last question. Oh, I don't know what this is going to do for views, but <laughs> I can tell you it's no one's favorite artist. Like, I think that for me, the best artist is Nas. Nas? Nas. Nasty Nas? Yeah. Come on, dude. That's, that's a great one. Okay, so I respect it, you for that, it, but some like, people are going to be like, who one. the fuck is Nas? I think Nas... You know, music, I listen to- He's like, one of the greatest MCs of all time. Of all time, right? I think him and Action Bronson, the two of them- Love those guys. They just so happen to both be from Queens, but it's their attitude. They, they operate like I do. They take their attitude, they take their life, they take their feelings and put it into their work. Like a lot of musicians, but I think Nas, Action Bronson, they, they take it and add a fuck you to it. Not a fuck you in a nasty way, but a fuck you. Like if you don't like it, you don't have to listen. And it's the same way. If you don't like my fucking pizza- Dude, don't fucking eat it. Yeah. You know, it's not for everyone. Yeah. And that's how music is too. And some people are like, oh, we're, you know, not, again, I don't know what they can do for views, but Taylor Swift, like, she likes me, she makes music that people like to listen to. Yeah. Okay. As a whole, top 50 music that's on the radio. Uh, Nas, I don't know, he's had a couple top 50 songs. Not a lot. Lauren Hill, sure, got onto top 50, you know, but a lot of Nas's great songs, Action Bronze's great songs 
are not played on the radio. They're yeah, not. Illmatic might be one of the greatest. Greatest songs ever made. Yeah. It's, I mean, the greatest. Yeah. You know, so, but if you look at some of his other songs that no one, people, unless you're a fan, you've not heard of, you know, that really hit home, that really speak to me. And I think it's a, a personality thing. I think we're a lot alike in the sense of like, we let our, our, our personality, our, our drive kind of speak into the work. Yeah, definitely not. Love that. Yeah. Um, Thanks for putting out the end. Dude, I love that. Uh, where do we go to get in touch with you? My website, uh, fireandwood.com, or firewoodcatering.com, Instagram, Firewood Catering, everything Firewood Catering, just Google Firewood Catering. Uh, if Jose is doing his job, we're going to come up. And email, text, the best way to do it. Answer all text messages, all emails, all inquiries get answered. Until they don't, you know, until we're going to go nowhere. But all inquiries get answered, all party sizes, every kind of event, every location. Uh, we appeal to the masses with really good food, but we'll go anywhere. Uh, I'll go anywhere. If, you, if you're going to cover travel, we don't make money on travel. I'm not like, I don't have a markup on travel. I like road trips. You're going to pay me. We're going to go. And uh, anything you want, we'll cook, you know. So if it's not on the menu, I'll cook it. If I can cook it in a wood-fired oven, I'm going to cook it. Because the wood-fired oven... Cooking at high temps is fun, you know? So if you want it, we'll cook it. We're gonna make it really fucking good. Put our heart and soul into it so it's gonna be good no matter what. And it's fresh, so it's gonna be good. Might not be great, but it'll be good. It's gonna be great. Yeah, it's always great because yeah. it's dinner and a show, you know? As much as many guys that do this, that go with these traveling ovens and, and bring the whole fucking thing with them, a lot of people haven't seen it. So when we pop up and people realize that we're gonna cook every bit of their food there. First they're like, oh fuck, no one's eating tonight. Like what the fuck? And then they realize that we got four guys that we're gonna crank through it. We're gonna make it live on the spot and serve it piping hot without a chafing dish, without a steam table, without a heat lamp. No, I don't use any of that shit. It all ruins the food. So I don't even par-bake pizzas. I refuse to par-bake pizzas. Every time I par-bake a pizza, like when I feel like we need to do it and we're in a hurry, I feel like I'm back in New York. And slice shops, you gotta, you gotta parbake pizzas. There's, yeah. there's an art to it. We have not mastered that art. We yeah. do wood-fired pizza should not be parbaked. Yeah. Should not be re-fucking heated. It shouldn't be. If you can't fucking make pizza fast enough, don't do it. Don't do it. Find a way to make it fast enough to keep up. You know, and originally when we were doing only pizza, we weren't keeping up. The line was like fucking 300 people deep. Yeah. I'm like, well, how do I do this? I can't put more pizzas in the oven. I can't make them faster. So we just built out the menu. So that way when people come up, they could snack on some shit they grab, we make a grazing table on the spot, pasta, salads, appetizers. You're already full because we don't do an event without garlic knot sliders, right? So I've already had a slider so that it frees up the pizza space. It frees up the oven a little bit to cook more consistently, better pizzas and not par cook them and not do anything beforehand, not use a chafing dish, not use a steam table, not use any of it. You know, a grazing table. When I first learned like how to do a grazing table, the people that really taught me how to do it were like, oh, do it the night before, plastic wrap it, and that way you just bring it to the event and you're done. And I did it for the first one. I'm like, yo, this is fucking disgusting. Like, the edges of the meat were curled a little bit and the, the corners of the cheese were a little hard. That's not good. It's gotta be right. If we're gonna charge what we charge, and I'm gonna go tell you this is the best experience you're ever gonna have, you're not gonna have mortadella or salami that has a crunchy edge on it. Yeah. So now we, we slice everything the day before. We put everything in, in Ziploc bags, plastic wrap it. We show up with a big giant bin full of fucking meat and cheese. And we build the table right on the spot. And people are like, you're gonna build that here? There's no way it's gonna be done in 20 minutes. 
Watchable. If you shut the fuck up yeah. and give me 20 minutes, you're going to be eating in 20 minutes. Yeah. And it's, it's that freshness. It's that the drive for constantly having fresh food that, you know, keeps them coming back for more and, and, and is, makes everyone want it. Whether you like, everyone likes pizza. Like to pull up to an event, whether it's a wedding or a studio or a work thing. I did a work thing on Saturday night for a law firm and it was a bunch of like new hires and like new hire lawyers, you'd imagine are like kind of stuffy. And you could tell like no one knew each other. It was like uh, everyone, they were all introducing themselves and they found that I was making pizza in the backyard. They're like, oh fuck. And everyone loosened up, everyone cracked open a bottle of wine, everyone was having a drink and that's what you want. You want people to, to have that, that's what pizza's supposed to do. Yeah. That's the experience you're supposed to have when you eat a slice of pizza, regardless of where you're eating it. Whether it's here, there, anywhere. It's supposed to bring that joy, that it's supposed to bring your endorphins up when you eat a slice of pizza. That dopamine hit. Exactly. That's what you should be selling. Fire and wood. Straight dopamine Straight hits. dopamine <laughs> Fresh well, food. How do you do it? Fresh, well, food, slices. fresh food and dopamine And dopamine. Hits. I like that. Too. Yeah. We were working with uh, Eat Good with Fire and Wood, but. Uh, that's, I think, go with that. <laughs> I don't know. Dopamine hits might not be a bad plan <laughs> B. I, I can tell hard. you some people would appreciate it. Yeah. Maybe not everybody, but some people. Don't look. pull out your phone to look at your legs. Yeah. Just take a bite. <laughs> Just <laughs> Fire and Wood. Fuck dopamine Instagram. hits, <laughs> there bitch. There you go. See? All right. Let's get out of here. Thank you for your time. Thank you for having me. Seriously. Appreciate it, dude. Thank you. I really appreciate it. I, yeah, this was. I know everyone's. I know I don't shut this. the fuck up, but it's beautiful. You, you got just, a lot to say. I think there. I think there's no, a really, lot of knowledge thank dropped. You, uh, thank you for having me. This is really good, and thank you for doing this in general. I listen to it regularly, and I know other people do too. And this takes a lot of work. Cameras and mics, and everyone here to do this. I, I just have to listen. It's, it's all Matt. Matt has yeah, the hard no, job. No, this is really. Thank you guys. This is this goes above and beyond, and and it it brings all of us together. I saw you're going to be at Pizza Fest this year on Saturday. That's right. Fuck yeah. Are you Sunday? Saturday. Are you Saturday too? Saturday. Yeah, that's a fucking Saturday is the heater. Yo, that's the day. Steve, hit me up. Steve Saturday's like, the day. I'm not Steve's gonna lie. He's like, do you want to come back? And obviously, I'm going back. But I'm like, mm, I'm gonna play hardball here only if you give me Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, gotta be Saturday. Uh, yeah, there's some. I'm excited. It's gonna be good this year. Yeah. I'm the only pizza truck, which makes me happy. And it was dope last year. Again, it's good. It to looks just, like a lot of fun. It's good to have I for us. It's, it's good to have us all in one room. Yeah. You know, in one place. And for everyone else, you know, as an experience, dude, where are you gonna go and get fucking 15 or 20 slices of pizza in one spot? That's yeah. fucking dope. Yeah, so, it's yeah. gonna be good. Shout yeah, out excited. Steve. Shout yeah, out. shout out Steve, Pizza Fest, Carl that, Chin. Daft Punk is playing Saturday. Fuck yeah. Yeah. We're ready. All right. Yeah. Thank you again. Later. I don't know.